What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the preseason comeback podcast. 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 All right, man. There's nothing like a ten nothing uh, preseason, <laughs> preseason stomping and get an NHL team against an AHL team to get your juices flowing and flip the script and have us excited again. I'm back, baby. Just when I there was how's it going? Just when Just they when I think I'm out, they, they pull, pull me be back, back in. Well, we knew it was going to happen. Um, that's why we fucking do this thing is we're obsessed with these losers. It is. But, um, yeah, it is sad. Apparently, you know, I'll admit we are, we are the losers. <laughs> hey, five years. Here we are still doing this. Yeah, here we go. Season five. We suck still. <laughs> Actually, no, we're going to be good again. We sucked last season, so we'll be good this one. I'm um, depressed. I'm inadequate. I've got it all. That was one hell of a preseason game, though, was it not? Yeah, shit, man. That was really fun to watch, which was a nice change of pace. And, I mean, they're playing, like, literally an AHL team. But didn't matter, didn't matter to me. It was nice I, to, like, oh, wow, that was, fu- that was a fun game of hockey to watch after yeah. the, having to want to blow my brains out. Immediately after that, I was like, oh, when's the next game? I had no idea no, no idea what preseason schedule looked like. Oh, yeah, are they playing again? I'm going to watch that again. That was great. So more more of that, please. More, it's I think you put it best because it's like I kind of keep forgetting like Lucic isn't on the team, team anymore, and it's just like nice to see. And obviously, you see these guys in preseason anyways, but it's like, hey, you see Matt Coronado, and he might make the team instead of like, oh, there's 48 PTOs. Oh my god! And Lucic and Lewis and all, all these other guys that a young player won't be able to make the team because of. So it's kind of nice to be able to watch some of these young guys and be like, hey, they might actually get a shot this year. Yeah, Matt uh, Coronado looks looks like he should be on the fucking Ooh. team. And I mean, look, small sample size early. and Buddy can, Buddy's got an NHL shot. Yeah. I mean, watching him, his skating, he's, he's got a, you know, there's room there for to develop, which he will. And I think, and it could, could be partly nerves too, but I think he was, you know, rushing rushing plays a bit, but yeah, once he gets the puck um in a dangerous area, boy is he dangerous. Great shot, great release. There was the game. Sweet. I've been kind of trying my best to keep an eye on on the games that I can. But I think it was was it the Winnipeg game? Yeah, it was the Winnipeg game. He was playing on a line with Monge and Rizichka. And there was like a shift. There was like they were in the zone for an entire minute, just cycling around. Um, they, they they didn't score, but man, it was a dominating shift. And yeah, Rz- uh, Rzichka's had I think a pretty nice little camp here. Yeah, him and Dewar look good. Oh yeah, like you like you said, it's um, it's like a breath of fresh air is what it is. Yeah, and I, and we'll get to it because there's a lot of things that are like that. Um, you know, I I tweeted about. Um, Lucic watching this Calgary Flame scene without the fucking boat anchor that is Lucic just slowing the game down. Um, not even just physically, but mentally. Uh, and yeah, what a difference! What a difference when you're watching. Oh, fuck, because it's like 
I realized after watching him for the past, was it four seasons? Did we have four seasons with him? We had we had four seasons. It was like four seasons of Milan Lucic. Hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. It's like you can't be a, fa- a fast-paced team. You have Milan Lucic on your team. It was interesting. I don't know if you noticed this because I know you weren't watching um, when I asked you, but the the Winnipeg Jets commentators multiple times they they comment they commented on how Huska and this in the new coaching style is really really wants the team to get the puck up quickly transition remember Bill Peters that was his big thing get the puck up the ice get the puck up the ice get the puck up the ice and like with pace 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 and they were com- commenting um multiple times on on that that was you know the new the new thing that the coach is pushing and how effective they thought it looked they're like wow this Calgary Flames team is is really playing with a lot of pace let's hope that continues um so far I think you know the the coaching I mean at at one point it was the shots were like 22 to 4 I mean we've seen that before um but I don't know what have you noticed so far with just the systems. Have you noticed much different? And have you noticed yeah. this whole change of pace thing? Maybe it's just the young guys. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, five on five, it's been a little more difficult to pick up on like offensive changes just because, you know, it's preseason, a lot of new guys, a lot of guys, just young guys playing. If you def- I've definitely noticed like just the D zone thing. Obviously, they're not playing man to man in the D zone anymore. Run, They're not running around as much. Um, I think what I've noticed the most is the power play looks like oh my god like it's like <laughs> looks like they actually practice it looks like there's actually like oh yeah we practice that and there's a uh there's some execution going on and we have some set plays and we actually have some kind of idea of what we know what we're doing like there was probably more cross-ice power play passes in just in that 10 nothing game alone than there were all st- the last two seasons under kirk muller so the power play is what i noticed the most probably because that's what I'm always so obsessed with. But um, yeah, I think, I think they've definitely been playing a quicker transition game. Cause that was something the flames kind of like, and I mean, I think kind of rightly so when you lose a guy like Johnny Gaudreau, I think the flames did alter the way they well, transitioned last year. And, and Matthew Kachuk, those guys can move the puck up the ice flawlessly. Yeah. So um, I, you're noticing the D maybe not quite as heavy in, in transition. Um, just getting the puck up to the fours really fast. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, like you said, with the kids being, I think just having personnel like who are faster, it helps yes. immensely. Well, and then not having boat anchors. Yeah. A, not having boat anchors. B, having actual guys with speed. And then C, pushing more pace. I know Daryl pushed it, didn't he? He said he did. Yeah. He talked about the media, but the, the team obviously never responded. Maybe it was just the combination of what we just we just said with the slowness and the lack of speed. But um, that was one of the first things I noticed tuning into the Vancouver Canucks game. I was like, oh, my God. It's so refreshing not seeing all these slow boat anchors because um, you get you guys so used to it after five seasons. You're just like, oh, fuck, there he is. Yeah, mentally, too. You're just like, oh, it's, it was oh, just a oh, yeah. It was a, it's a mentally, drag. It was, it was a drag. It was mentally exhausting. And I'm realizing it more so now that it's we're relieved of it. And throw Lewis in there too. I know I know people I made the comment on on Twitter, the Milan tweet, 
and you know, it, there's a lot of people in agreement. Um, a lot of people threw Lewis in there. I didn't mind Lewis as much, even though he's sure falls in the same category of like you know the older, older, slower, which is totally, dude. It's not the name of the game nowadays. Maybe in the playoff, there's an effect. Like, what was it? Our last playoff was the last playoff series against Edmonton. He was the best player, Trevor Lewis. Yeah, like there were some penalty kill shifts where he was awesome that playoff year. So is there? Uh, is his game still effective? I think so. Like, but you know, I don't throw him in the same category as Milan, so to speak. No. But where did, like, where did Lewis end up? Richie, he went back to LA. Like, you, you just think of like Richie and Lewis and just some oh, of those God. slow Which one? Teams. Both? Yeah. What, what happened both to both Richie? What, what happened to Nick Richie? Where's he now? Or was he on the uh, end of the one year? He's, he's on a PTO somewhere. I think maybe the Blues gave him a PTO or something. Yeah. And I think Brett is on a PTO in Florida. I don't know. And yeah, good point. We don't have 12 PTOs yeah, exactly. that we know are they're going to get their tryout after they make all the cuts of the young guys. So, you know, I know Connie mentioned this and we were all for it when he mentioned it, but kudos to him for sticking to his guns because the camp has been more useful, youthful. And you're looking at some of these guys that are standing out. I don't even know where this hunt guy came from, but he's having a good camp. Yeah, he's he looked, been very good. He looks good. Um, but like you said, Rizichka and you know Walker Dewar and Coronado, these guys are like some of the they look better than some of the vets so far. So oh, we'll ab- see what happens. Absolutely. And and they're getting a chance because I mean, like, okay, obviously um something Daryl did. I mean, sure, like I think maybe this philosophy works in some cases, but he was very like, remember he separated all the groups last year. He had his, like you do your training camp groups. He, he had his two groups. It was like, he has the NHL group, the guys who are going to make the team. And then the guys who are not going to make the team. And a lot of the guys we thought should have had a chance to make the team. And not only we thought who should have had a chance to make the team were (laughs) in the second group and not ever even given a real look at all. Yeah. Definitely one of Daryl's biggest weaknesses. I think. Well, yeah, treating the NHL like no development in the NHL. Like, I think that was his pretty stated clear flaw. Yeah. And I don't know what, like, you're looking at this camp, you're like, wow, these guys should, like, if you were to start the season now, Cornell should start on the team, should start on the roster. Um, then let himself work himself off. But I don't know. Daryl was of a different ilk. And, um, I mean, we stood up for him lots because, for the reasons we should have. I mean, the, the systems-wise, the team was tops in the league. So if if that's the main impact a coach has on the team is the systems, he nailed that. Then the personnel, that was a big issue. And I mean that in two ways. I mean, the first, the first way I mean the personnel is how happy is everybody because that's the other breath of fresh air that – um, the media is talking about apparently all the players, the, the, that's the, the common theme amongst everybody is, wow, it feels like a breath of fresh air now that Daryl's gone. So yeah, I, the game's passed him by. That's, that's where we're at. And is, is, is he a great hockey mind? Yes, obviously. I mean, imagine, imagine having a, a roster where the players don't want to play for you and they're still top 10 across the league and systems in all categories. 
Yeah, that's you. That means you're a fucking damn good coach. But you, he's obviously lost touch, and I think it's probably an age thing, and it's a generational thing. It's a millennial thing. It's a right. It's like you gotta you gotta change with the times, and obviously, he's so fucking stubborn. He refused to. But again, it's nice to see the youth in the camp because this game gets younger and younger and younger. Like, look at Bedard. He's he's, pass he made. The, you have players playing in the league when they're 18 yeah. now. Like little baby children. Yeah. 18, 19, 20. Like players are entering their prime 22, 23 now, not 28, 29 yeah. anymore. So, and I know that, you know, he liked things. Daryl liked things the way he liked them and he liked his vets, but like, fuck, dude, not having to watch Milan Lee Cheech. That was the other thing. It was just like, ugh. You you mentioned this because you had Dylan Dubé score the OT winner. Yeah, the guy's had two OT winners in his NHL career. Remember that when he the that roof backhand. job backhand and mini. Yeah, but he did one in Dallas too. Did he over top of a or something like that? Maybe that might have been a penalty shot or something. No, no, I think I'll go with fucking the Richie brothers. <laughs> Surprised he just didn't put Milan, Lewis, and Richie in all the shootouts. Yeah, I looked at like just because. Uh, if you, I don't know if anybody saw it because like it was the game that was in Seattle that wasn't really televised. But Dubé, the shootout winner, was just sick. It's a great move. And I saw that I was like, we don't ever really see Dubé in this shootout. He shot twice in his career, two hundred and sixty plus games with the Flames, twice, two times. And you look back at like how many times Backlund shot, and he's never been good in the shootout. Or how many times Lindholm shot, who's not good in the shootout, or how many times Monahan was shooting when he was half dead, just like. Never had Dubé shooting. God, I almost forgot about Monahan, dude. Yeah. Monahan, I, I, he just gets lost, eh? In the whole yeah. awful buffle of Goudreau and Kachuk leaving. Yeah. Used to be me. Used to be me. How's his bionic body doing? Hey, he hits. I saw. I didn't see. He um, should really uh, shop for his bionic body parts wherever Connor McDavid does it. Oh, yeah. They should exchange secrets. Connor's on some next level shit, though, I think. You know how you have, like, players that train together in the offseason? Yeah. Well, Monahan should just shop. For bionic body parts with Connor next time. He goes Connor's out. getting like bull semen like directly into his veins, just like right, just like next level, whatever he's on. That's the latest thing, eh? Oh yeah. That that's not considered a uh performance enhancing drug. Yes. It's not. Imagine McDavid on perform on PEDs. <laughs> oh my god, dude. Can I <laughs> score five hundred points this season? <laughs> In fucking 30 games. Oh yeah, he could do it. I don't know how this guy's not. They should just let. He's so weird, though. Like he scores that. If you saw him score the OT winner last Thank night, thank God I didn't. I'm so yeah. glad that the season hasn't started yet. I don't have to watch his stupid highlights yet. Oh man, it's just like he's so insane. But just on on the on the Daryl thing too. Like I think I think it's a tree living is gone too thing. You know. Yes, hundred percent. And Daryl took philosophy change. And Daryl took the brunt of so much of tree living's outdated philosophy. Because those PTOs, like those were happening long before. Like, remember when they had the year of like readers on a PTO and Ronaldo's on a PTO and were we just got Lucic and <clears throat> there was a third PTO they signed that year too. And like guys like Nick Grossman and year after Tanner Glass, year after year, there's these weird PTO guys. Brad keeps inviting to camp and like keeping players from. I mean, I, I even remember in that 2018, 2019 season. Dubé had a really good camp. 
Yeah. I think I think he made the team, but like I remember Bill Peters like shitting all over him the whole time. Yeah, he's he they had a weird thing for sure. Yeah. And then they I think he got hurt or something and he got sent back down and he just kind of like he should have really been on the team, but this has been an ongoing thing for a long time before Daryl Sutter. So I think that's why it feels more like a brush breath of fresh air than anything. Cause it's like finally like 10 years of this dumb shit. Yeah. <clears throat> also, how about uh, not having to watch the fourth line, trying to tie the game up late within the final dying minutes. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Why was Daryl doing that so much? It's like, why are we seeing Lucic anytime in the final three minutes of any game? Unless he's out there to, Beat somebody up, which he wasn't doing. Which he days. never did. It's so funny. Boston fans are all, oh, Luch is going to kill. Like, I can't wait to see Reeves and Lucic fight. Well, if it's anything like his time in Calgary, he'll just, like, look at Reeves, and that'll be that. Well, he's going to have to now. He probably will because of the Boston thing. Yeah. I saw a, weird, I saw a thing on uh, Instagram top hitters in the league and the people had him ranked fourth. Are you kidding me? Like, I guess he, he had one, like, he had that one good hit. He on Duchesne? absolutely destroyed Duchesne. Do you remember any other hits from the past four years? Just the Dallas series when him and I think Bennett hits harder than him, doesn't he? Oh yeah. Dubé was, Dubé was hit. Dubé was harder. How about that line though? Eh? Yeah. That was amazing. Right before we lost. Right before, right before we lost. And then right before, um, Sam Bennett played a great series at center, and Jeff Ward oh said he's God. playing center and then made him not play center. And then put him right back on the fourth line again for yeah. the first 30 games of the season. Great thinking. Yeah, great. Yeah. Real nice. <laughs> Breath of fresh air. Mm. So let's hope. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on Huska as a whole? Do you know? Do you have any thoughts yet? Um, You know, I think he's, sm- I don't know. It's hard to tell. I know I th- I'm not I'm not convinced of anything yet. I'm not not convinced, but yeah, I think the good I, thing for me is that he does I'm not on the bandwagon, I'll just say that. Yeah, I'm not like, oh, he's awesome and Daryl sucks and like all this stuff. Um I think I'm everything he said that needs to be kind of like altered or changed or his thoughts on things he's gonna do differently, they track as like, yeah, that makes sense. You shouldn't be playing that active D in the D zone, like man on man. You do need to move the puck up the ice quicker. You do need to be more creative in the offensive zone and and things of that nature. That tracks. But I think he's also, at least in theory, like he's been coaching the he's been the defense coach for the past what how many however many years. So he does have a solid understanding of defense. Well, and he, I mean, I think you know playing two and a half seasons under Daryl's. Yeah, exactly. Like Can say we, we yeah. Like yeah. like him or hate him, like we were just talking about, guy's a great hockey mind and you learn a lot from a guy like that. So um yeah, I think so far so good, but it's been three preseason games. Yes. And we'll see. And we haven't got shit canned by Edmonton. That's coming up next. Yeah, that'll be fun. Oh, yeah. Um can't can't wait to not watch that. I think like the the kind of the telltale sign will be because I remember this with I'm just trying to compare it to years past the new coaches like when Peters came in and opened things up and it was like oh this is awesome we're winning like 6-5 every night and then the playoffs came and they didn't know how to play defense at all and Jared Bednar was just like yeah we're just going to clog up the neutral zone and they destroyed the flames 
Um, yeah. It's like, all, well, yeah. The one thing they do really well. We'll stop them. Gener- generate offense off the rush through the neutral zone. We'll just stop that and watch them fall apart. <laughs> it happened, and the Flames had no answer for it, and Bill had no answer for it. I think James Neal had an answer, and that's why Bill and James Neal fought <laughs> in practice. Even though, yeah, James Neal, fuck. Um, but you know, like saying, like, oh, open it up. Let's be a high flying team. That sounds fun until it's playoff time and you're playing Vegas and they freaking shit can you because you can't play defense and you can't check in all three zones. So I still think a lot of the pillars that Daryl had instilled in this team should be and will be um, implemented moving forward as well. Yeah, will be because I do. It does sound to me like that is part of Husko's philosophy, right? Sound defense. Yeah, for sure. He's mentioned it multiple times. And again, he's the defensive coach. And, and I think a lot of guys on the blue line, at least, kind of started to flourish under him. Hannafin turned into a better defender. Anderson, obviously. Shillington. So I think I think his philosophy being rooted in defense is encouraging. This um, this 10 to nothing win. I mean, Coronado scores a hat trick. Um, Huberto scores two beautiful goals. Caudry scores a beautiful goal. I mean, like we said, they're playing against – I don't even know where these goaltenders play. Are they AHL goaltenders? Are they I don't even ECHL? know if there was an, yeah, an NHL player on that roster. So, a grain of salt, but at the same time, I mean, it's a really good sign that Huberto is shooting the puck. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Daryl's sitting at home. He's like, finally, you idiot. Wow, you're all on on f- here. you're all in front of the – in the slot, and you didn't pass it between your legs. <laughs> And you scored. Wow. And he scored a goal on the right wing. Whoa. Um, Huberto looked good. Well, I think him shooting I think him shooting is a big thing because that was a really weird thing about last year. Is Dude, if you that was if, so weird. If you look at his shot never, rates, never shot. He, he didn't shoot at all. Shoot. Like he if was you like, look the last thing I'm ever gonna do is shoot. In a shoot first system, which was always so weird, you know. It's like yeah. Daryl's whole thing is, yeah, shoot. Like, if you have a chance, shoot it. Shoot it, like, shoot so it, he, shoot it. And he's, like, not shooting ever. I'm not intrigued yet, but I am interested because if you're looking at that game, that's the only game he's played, isn't it? Uh, yeah. They're like, okay, that's that's it. No more preseason games. You're just going right to the regular season. We don't <laughs> want to fuck anything. But if you look at those two goals – Something's changed in this guy. I mean, the last podcast we did, we were shitting all over him again. And, you know, talking about how it's all between the years, and it is, and it was. What's the difference? Now he decided to shoot the fucking puck. Like that first goal, he does a mini toe drag. Yeah, that's sweet. Um, but you can tell that he wanted, he knew he was going to shoot before he even made the move. He's like, I'm going to make this move so I can shoot. We didn't see that once last year. It was well, like, he, as soon as I get the puck, I'm either spinning and throwing it away or I'm going to just hang on and try and find somebody. I'm not shooting it, though. That's for damn sure. You look at his shot rates last year, and the the it's the lowest he shot the puck ever in his career. And, but like, markedly, like, his and, shot, and his shot rate your, went down by almost half. It's insane. And you had your lowest point total of your career. So you do the fucking math. Which is, I'm I'm happy to, I don't know what's changed. Did he watch his own tape? Did he get mentoring? Did he get coaching? Something shifted. 
It'll be interesting. I'm interested now. Yeah. In this and, guy. Yeah. Because, and it's not, yeah. Dude, like to score over a hundred points in this league means you have to have hella skill. You sh- don't just you don't just fluke, you can fluke out any points, sure. You can't fluke out hundred points, man. To That's set like, the record by left wingers in, in points and assists in a single season, yeah. So we know this guy has it in him. Um, all I'm saying is game one, wow, great sign. Yeah. Great sign of maybe having a bounce back season. And all of a sudden now there's interest and all of a sudden there's some excitement. And sure, it's, it's a preseason game, but that was probably the greatest preseason game I've ever seen. Yeah, it's a preseason game, but you need that confidence. Like, he needs to get that. And I think Mark, well, Markstrom, too, like, played well. It was like he needed to have some confidence. Yeah. Building confidence early is important for this guy. Exactly. Because exactly. imagine everybody's like, oh, well, preseason, preseason. But imagine the opposite. Preseason is important. It can be important, right, for, you know, what you just mentioned, to get your confidence going when you need it, when you need, to, when you need a turnaround, right? So – and and also organizational organizational wide, like the whole big mantra of this offseason was like, yeah, hey, vibe check. Everybody's gonna do this big vibe check when they get there before they make any decisions. And I haven't seen too much. All I know was from the broadcast that I watched, um, and people are saying, yeah, it's a different vibe. It's lighter. If I don't know. They're saying that players are saying it's like a breath of fresh air. Good, then fucking use it. Okay. I'm fucking let the air get stale. But I would be lying if I said I didn't notice a difference in the vibe. I do. It's it is lighter. It is younger. It looks funner. Um, you got Conroy at the helm. Is there more is there a funner GM in the league? Yeah. Um with Iggy by his side. Iggy was watching practice today. Yeah, I saw that picture. I mean, dude, terrible news from um, the Snow family. Just awful. I know everybody's already heard it, heard it. But you still have Con. Like, you know, I don't know about the timing of this. That announcing the whole. I guess if we had to get the deal done, you got to announce it. And they have been working on it. So, but yeah. Just that, was, that was a roller coaster day. Holy shit. Yeah. Shitty timing, but you still have Connie. It's it's cool. It moves me. Um I'm I'm obviously talking about the captaincy. We'll come back to snow in a sec, but um when you have a guy like this is this is cool. I like this stuff. You have a guy, Craig Connery, who was a captain of this franchise. And signs back into a, a, a awesome deal, great deal. I that hit that that was like a home run, hit it out of the park. Yeah, like exceptionally well done. Then you address a blaring issue of this team and franchise in the past two years, not having a captain. Um, but yeah, past captain announcing the twenty first captain of the franchise, and just how happy. Craig looks for Michael. How happy Michael looks. How happy his uh, wife looks. Huh? Like that was awesome. And maybe maybe it was good timing because um, that was some real feel good stuff. 
happening on a day where, man, with the the Snow family, the opposite, right? I don't know how much into depth you want to go on either side of that, but yeah. Well, just the Conroy Backlund thing, like I, it felt, I don't know, like you just you you articulated what I was feeling. It was like seeing Backlund get to see in the past where I think we've talked about it. It was like, yeah, we don't know. Like obviously Chucky had been our guy for a while, but seeing that yesterday, seeing Conroy pass back on that Jersey and he's the captain. Now it felt right. It feels it, it felt right. And it feels like, it feels like it felt like things were on track and, you know, cause like so much of the last two years have been like, what the, f- what is with this organization? There's all yeah. over the place. We don't know what's going on. It felt like, for a moment in time, the past week, there has been some things coming together and Conroy's like getting this franchise on track and it felt nice. And it was like, yeah, yeah I'm proud to be a Flames fan right now. This is cool. Yeah. Well, 80% of that addressing the, the captaincy is just make a fucking decision. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck. So, again, kudos to Connie. And and kudos on the deal. We'll talk more about Backlund maybe later, but like that's a that's a great deal. Yeah, but like it does, it feels it fe- it does feel different. I will I will say that, and I can I can see it in the players. Like I said, they better fucking they better fucking deliver though. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this vibe check thing. I don't know. Is Lindholm next, or what are we gonna see, dude? That was the best best game I've seen Huberto play in a Flames uniform. Was seem close. Other than maybe that New York game where he, after the whole Alan Walsh thing where he was great. Yeah. Well, that was the only thing I was thinking of when I said that, but I still think he was better in this game. <sighs> Anyways, we'll see what happens, how's it, how it unfolds. But, um, Codry looked good in that game. I oh. mean, everybody looked. It's Markstrom played well. It's just like, that's exact. this is exactly the thing is the flames have kind of needed and obviously it's worked on us being like, people are like, I'm not excited at all. And now we're like, yes, name a captain and win a preseason game. And it's all it takes to please us. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. Yeah. Play well, work hard. Give me some enjoyable hockey to watch. Yeah. Make good decisions for the franchise and win some games. And you know, we're right back on board. Not that difficult guys. Shoot the puck instead of passing it (laughs) to nobody. Wow. Well, Kadri talked to you like, and you know what? Like, I don't know if it's like, he really sucked latter half of last year, but yeah, he had, he, he, he had played like he was mentioned this the other day. He played like 160 games straight with Colorado going to the ceiling final. Yeah. That's a lot. Guys played a lot of hockey in the last two years. So just, yeah, everybody seems to be other than the news about Pelche where he's hurt, which sucks ass, but. Um, just some things that everybody has been like worried about and concerned about, you know, it's kind of been a positive sign to see some guys playing well and some good things happen. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, Gilbert goes down with an injury in the first game. I don't know. I hadn't heard, not heard an update on him. Have you? No, I don't think he's going to play another preseason game. And then, yeah, like you mentioned, Pelletier is over. Definitely. Oh, fuck. How big of a blow do you think that is? Like, was this guy a shoe in to make the team? I think he was. 
I don't necessarily think it hurts you. It's not a huge so much. Yeah, because you can still build your roster going into the season, which is a good thing. Um, and then he can just be an addition later, as long as he can rehab okay and he can he can bounce back. But yeah, I think it's a bummer for him, and I think he was going to bring a lot of speed and energy to the lineup. But I still think he's not going to be like. Um, I feel like he would be. He wouldn't be playing in the top six. I would imagine so. I think you can probably um hey there's a spot open up for somebody now so it sucks it sucks for him but i think um it's not gonna be like well maybe it just means we get to see coronado yeah for sure but yeah like you said speed and youth and i think he brings a lightness and a did, did you see the little clip with him <laughs> and hubert huberto <laughs> did you see the clip where he was telling them why he changed his number no oh yeah that was fucking amazing hey <laughs> Um, yeah, you better recap that. Cause I don't know exactly what he said, but fuck that was funny. He, he didn't quite like, like articulate it perfectly because of his English, but he but was French. Just, they asked him like, cause he changed his number to, yeah. Cause he changed his number to 22 from 49, which I like. That's cool. 22. Great number. Craig Conroy's number, Damon Lankow number. Um, but they asked him and he was like, essentially, Oh, I think the coach will, will know it better now. Now the coach will know my number. <laughs> that's why I changed it. It's fucking, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing, dude. <laughs> and then there's that whole clip of him and Huberto having it up. The two French guys were, uh, it's yeah. Huberto says he's his son and Ryan Leslie's there. So hey, I think Huberto's got a, what is he? He's traded in his truck for like a, a convertible. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah. He's back to the sports car. So that's yeah. a good sign. That'll be good in November. Yeah, yeah well, wait till he, we get note that he crashed that on the way to one of the games. <laughs> He'll be like George driving that convertible LeBaron. If put the top down, it's December. He's ripping down Deerfoot in minus thirty convertible. <laughs> take out the bot. Take out the whole chassis on a pothole. Uh, Daryl must have made him get a truck. Eh? <laughs> it's probably team mandate. Everybody has to have a truck. I like how this is our fucking news. Eh? Oh, Huberto's gone shopping for a sports car. <laughs> Comeback season. <laughs> oh, it's full of balloons. I think what it is is like he's a part of a some like luxury car subscription thing. So he'll trade in his car every whenever he needs it. So he'll probably get a sweet SUV in winter. Yeah. Right now he's yeah, right now he's ripping around like Johnny had a what did Johnny had? He had one of those Mercedes all the time. He had a Range Rover. It was one of those um what's those big SUV like the the GLE or something. It was pretty sweet. Little shit. What's he driving now in Ohio? What do they drive in Ohio? What an idiot. Now he's just like stuck in the most dysfunctional. another uh, he left the flames just as we're getting functional again and went to a more dysfunctional franchise. Yeah, Mike Babcock gets fired before even coaching a game. That was pretty remarkable. <laughs> what on <laughs> earth? Yeah, is, and the, the funny thing is, no one's actually surprised. It's psycho. Like, what a psycho. Yeah, crazy. Anyways. Um, so, anyways, we're trying to sift through some of these preseason games, make make sense of everything. Um, why don't you get into the backup contract? You want to go into that more depth? Yeah, for sure. Well, it's. I think this is a home run, and I think everybody's – in pretty much agreement because two years, fuck two yeah, years, two years, two years on anything. Oh, if it was three, then you're like, oh, well, three, but at least, but, but two, fuck, another one with two. Yeah, and the 
him taking a pay decrease. Like, and like, did Conroy throw that was a captaincy part of the deal? Obviously, it was it was part of the commitment to him. Yeah, but like, yeah, he took a little no discount for sure. Which is considering the level of play he's had, where he's just coming off a career year, where he has played the best, the most consistent, probably four, four to five years of hockey in his life. He he wouldn't deserve. If you're talking about what he's deserving, he didn't deserve a pay decrease. No. If well, let's put it this way: if if he was a free agent this summer yeah. and signed elsewhere to a team that really wanted him, what could he have cut? For sure, he, he'd be getting five plus million easy all day long. Yeah. So this is a absolute home, like great deal by Conroy because I think most of us were expecting a three year deal for sure, and given this the status of a lot of other players who are old on this team who are making a lot of money. You know, that didn't sound like the best idea. But what would Brad have then? <laughs> not signed him. Brad, signed, Brad would have signed, done one signed of two eight things. PTOs instead. Yeah, exactly. And not too busy signing PTOs. We'll deal with you later, Backlund. We'll deal with you next summer. He wouldn't have signed him. But I think like maybe the closest comparable would have been like the Jordan Stahl contract, possibly, who's in Carolina, who's kind of of the same age, but his was like a four-year deal or something, lower AAV. But I don't even care about AAV if the deals are short. And I think Backlund's a much more, I don't think, Backlund's a much more effective player now and in the next two years than Jordan Stahl. So I, I think it's a great deal. I think Backlund, maybe this is more an indictment on the team, he is the most important on-ice player at this moment in time and was last year, maybe other than Toffoli. I think removing him from the team would hurt you more than removing. We're back with another week of football and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping you on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet just 5 bucks and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Football is more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. The crown is yours, apparently. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for a problem gambling. Call 888-789-QUADRUPLE-7 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas? 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Back to the show. Kadri or Lindholm right now. Well, yeah. So, yeah. And like you said a hundred times, we don't even really care so much what you do. Just pick a fucking direction. Yeah, exactly. And Connor has done that. Um, we actually have some clarity what the next three years this this team is trying to accomplish. So, and it's like you said, like and, it's not it's not like we're asking for much. We're not asking for the fucking <laughs> for the world here. Just give us some fucking clarity. Articulate some sort of vision. And I think the other thing too with Backlund, which like I kind of exclude him in my like oh trade everybody. Sorry, I'm trying to say like less because holy shit, do I say it a lot? Um, 
you kind of exclude him from the group of players who you might want to trade because they're UFAs. Because I think rebuild or not, and obviously it's not, but if you did get to that point in a year or two, having him around as the captain is still fine and still fits the direction of this team. And obviously he might want to go chase a cup somewhere. And maybe that's what he's thinking too. Two years, maybe I can go somewhere else at the end of my career. But I think he's a guy you'd want around regardless of if you're rebuilding or not. So I think it's just, it makes perfect sense. It was a perfect deal. I didn't expect it to be that short. I didn't expect it to be that good a term. Great deal. Well done, Craig Conroy. Conroy, hey, this guy's made some, you know what? He's he's winning me. He's getting me over to his side pretty quickly. Not that I already am not on his side because I love the guy, but I like it. As far as the decision on the captaincy, do you have any pushback on that at all? Well, Francis had mentioned the other, like a couple weeks ago, that Rasmus Anderson was going to be named the captain. He just kind of like threw that out there, and everyone was like, oh shit, I really like that, honestly, at the time. I thought that was, yep. I thought that was kind of an inspired choice. He's a younger yeah, guy. That, that would have been cool too. I like Rasmus. I think, you know, he has the temperament to do it, he is just kind of a natural leader. He has what, what would you say, some balls, you know? Yep. Well, he's, you know, when I think of captain, I know there's lots of attributes that go into it. My, the, the biggest value I see in a captain is something that Kachuk did, does, did and does is there's a standard, there's a bar, and you play at that level and you demand the rest of your team does too. Yeah. Um, Backlund was the on-ice leader last year. He was the guy that played his balls off, and he's not the most skilled guy, so he's not going to put up the most points. But if he can set an example and if he feels comfortable now, because that was the thing that, you know, we were – I did not like to hear, on, you know, we talked about it on the last podcast was, yeah. you know, the players looked at him as the captain. He kind of looked at himself as the captain, but he wasn't the captain, so he didn't feel like he could be the captain. So maybe this shift things a bit where – because, you know, even look at the last five seasons. You know, three out of the five of those seasons, Backlund was probably one of the most consistent, totally consistent players. Yeah. In a sense of, um, you know, output in terms of how much give a shit meter he comes yeah. with. So, you know, for those reasons, um, I, I have zero problem with it. I, at the end of the day, I'm happy with the decision. Um, could they have gone out someone someone else? I think probably you could make an argument. Um, the whole point I was going to make with with Anderson is, you know, you I I like, like I said, setting the bar, and then everybody has he, that's the bar. And if people are not bringing that give a shit meter onto that yeah. level, like then that's you as a captain to you know to address it internally in the dressing room and make sure everybody's fucking you know, showing up on a nightly basis. Yeah. The other, the other factor I like too, which is not, not necessarily, you know, maybe totally needed in all captaincies, but is the game breakers, the guys that you can count on. Yeah. Um, And, and you don't need to be a captain to be a game breaker, but I, I feel like guys that leave their stamps on games more often than not, they can get more ears to listen to them. Um, they can get guys to buy in because they're driving the bus. So as long as, you know, 
And Backlund doesn't need to have to, you know, be scoring OT winners and like to, to do to do that. I think he can get the job done as a captain with the skill level that he has. And it sounds like the guys look up to him anyways. But my biggest thing that I'll look for for him as captain is okay, this just means now you can't take a night off. I don't think he took many nights off in the last five seasons, to be honest. But now you definitely can't. And if other guys are, then it's, you know, it's going to be part of his role yeah. is to up everybody's energy level and um, effort level. That's good. That's what you got to do. Everybody's got to match the effort of Backlund and the give a shit meter of Backlund. So he's got to set a high bar. That's what yeah. I'm going to be looking for. for I him. don't, I don't underestimate that one bit on the ice because like you were saying, the give a shit meter, the showing up in big games, like you look at, you look at how many big games this team has played in the last five years. I mean, it hasn't been a ton, but in those games, Backlund has showed up as been one of the best players in, in the series against the Oilers when a lot of the guys yep. totally sucked. Yeah. The Backlund, he, Backlund Coleman, like he was the best player for the Flames in that series. He loves going toe to toe, head to head with the, yep. the league's, the league's best. Him and Mark, remember him and Marshawn, him and um, he loves playing against McDavid. He loves that role. Yeah. Um, he's always been our go-to guy for that battle of Alberta. So every time they play the Oilers, you don't like he's that's one of our pet peeves is guys who don't show up against the Oilers. He always shows up against the Oilers. I, I don't worry about that on ice. He's just gonna have to like, hey, now you're the guy in the dressing room yep. making sure everybody's doing that off the ice too. And vocalizing that. Like, get your shit together. Why why are you guys not showing up against making zit face here? Let's go. Yeah. So I mean, given the current situation of wherever whatever they're kind of vision is for the next two, three years, he's he's probably the best decision. Yeah. Current currently. For sure. And I know we've we've said Huberto should be the guy because he needs to be the guy. I still like the backline decision over over the Huberto decision where I'm at now. Anyways, I like I I was very much on board with the Rasmus thing. And then you started hearing the, like, oh, it's actually going to be backline because they're going to sign him. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. But then you heard from the players. I heard multiple interviews from like every single player this week, Huberto, Anderson, up and down the lineup. And every time they were asked, like, oh, like, who should be the captain? They said Backlund, like, he's the captain. So I'm a big proponent of the players, you know. You, you probably don't want to let them pick by vote, like some school, like, schoolyard vote. But yep. obviously the players need to believe in who the captain is. Well, and it's a cool story, too, right? Like, how many seasons? Yeah, yeah. Played? He's if he finishes contract here, he'll be he'll play 19 seasons and he'll overtake. He'll obviously overtake Gio as second on the all time games. Did you say 19 seasons? He will when he finishes his contract. Shut the front door. Yeah. 19. He was. That's an that's an incredible career. Um, And even for that reason alone, it's just like, yeah, this guy's rooted. He's steeped in this city, in this culture. Um, he's seen it all. He's been involved in it all. 19 seasons. Holy fuck. So he gets the city. He's really involved in the community. Like, yeah, this guy's a leader on and off the ice. So um, I think at the end of the day, probably the best decision. Yeah. And I, yeah, it's still, I think like you said, it's cool to kind of carry on the lineage of you go from Conroy to Iggy, Iggy to Geo to, to Backlund. There is like, you know, obviously I still kind of get, choked up thinking about it being Chuck, but um, you know, this is cool too. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It, it's cool. We've seen uh, Iggy and Connie in the stadium and Hey, we're suckers. Yeah, totally. Just give us, this is, it's kind of like a nostalgic 
decision. Yeah, yeah. Right. this is it feels good to be a Flames fan on this day. Like you said, you see Conroy and Backlund together, you see Iggy there. It's just like, man, yes. The boys. Just, just the boys, it's working. The boys on are you. back. The boys are back. You just think, like, hey, what if they win the cup and Backlund gets it? And then Conroy and Iggy, the fuck, man. Come on. How can you not be romantic about that shit? Yeah. Well, like you said, it kind of just feels like this organization's getting this shit together. Um, and I, yeah, I, I don't know how much of it is just Daryl leaving, how much of it is Brad leaving. Um, but it does seem like it feels different for sure. Like I said, I don't. It only matters to me if they if they utilize it and they you know take it forward, right? Yeah. But I want to ask you. Do you think this team makes the playoffs? They probably they make the playoffs. And I know so much hinges on everything we've been talking about in the last what six, eight months. All the issues wrong why we missed the playoffs last year are the reasons or are the things that this, you know, this season hinges on this season are these individual performances. Hubert can't suck. Markstrom can't suck. It's been one game. But I think, you know, like we talked about in the last podcast, if these guys are pros, how many seasons has Huberto been in the league? He knows how to unslump himself. He sat with himself. Probably nobody was harder on Huberto than Huberto this offseason. At least I would like to think so. And so the guy is going to come back with, I mean, you see it before. You've seen the the season Taylor Hall put put on in New Jersey. Yeah. You know, the what, what do we call the, it? The, the spite, spite season. The spite season. This is uh the internal pride season. The guy's French. He's gonna have a great season. Right? They're the most prideful motherfuckers. <laughs> so I I don't know. I'll ask you this. Does does Hubertow have a bounce back season? Well he's gonna bounce back. How many points are we talking here? At least 80? You think he's going to be in 75-80 range. Anything below 80, is, is is that even a bounce back? I think if he's still in the 70 range, it's a bounce back. It's probably a little bit disappointing. I think he, it just it depends on the team's success. Like, if yeah. he has 70 points and the team is first in the division, great. He's going to be playing top line. He's going to be playing in on a power play that actually practices? Well, it was so funny, too, Like because he scored that goal. Because this was my whole kind of thing last year because we defended him a lot, we criticized him a lot, but also defended him a lot. It was like, I don't even care that he didn't put up many points five on five because that's never been his game, ever. If you had had the exact same season and Daryl Sutter's asking him to do the exact same things five on five, but had had a competent power play and had had a power play that plays to his strength and he has 20 more power play points. If Jonathan Huberto had 20 power points, 20 more power play points last year, which isn't out of the range of possibilities at all, considering before last year, the only two players who scored more power play points than him in the five seasons previous were McDavid and Dreisaitl. You would have not only made, he would have had 70 plus points and you would have been first in the division with 20 more points from him. So that's kind of like my thing is like, I think he's, he obviously wasn't very good five on five, obviously lacking some confidence. But if you had played to his strengths even a little bit last year, like where was he playing on the power play by the end? He would be in front of the net for shit's sake half the time. It was ridiculous. It was, it was ridiculous. I, I still cringe 
when I think of that fucking bar play. Like, just brutal. Like, absurdly brutal. Like Absurd. Here, Absurd here, that that power play existed in the best hockey league on the planet. Absurd. Okay, I, you know like that... My, my, Kirk Muller doesn't deserve to be fired. He deserves to be named <laughs> for that. Putting us through... Putting through what? 100,000 plus... Calgary Flames fan. How many? I don't know how many Flames fans are there in the city. I guess more than that. A million? Is there a million Flames fans in the world? Maybe putting it through over a million people through that torture. He tortured a million people. It's a crime it's against a, humanity, right there. It's, it's crime against fucking hockey fans. That's what it. That's what it, he deserves to be maimed for for producing that shit on the ice, making us watch eighty two games of that fucking garbage with zero fucking adjustment all season long. Oh my god. You want to talk about breath of fresh air, man? It's like, <laughs> it's like fucking. Oh my god! They finally removed the rotting corpse from the basement in the house that I live in. Fresher breath air. Fuck. So you know, you think about that, and he's a power play merchant. Great, good. Let him be a merchant on the power play. Let him every time we get a power play, make the other team pay. Awesome, please. I don't care if he gets a hundred and fifty of his. Points on the power play. That'd be great. I would love that. Can you imagine if we had a guy like Dreisaitl or McDavid on our power play? Well, we do, but they didn't let him touch the puck the whole year on the power play for some reason. So I think that reason alone, he's going to have a, a much better season point points wise. <laughs> Dude, this is absurd. Who, who was even the quarterback? Well, they Nobody had knows. they had Anderson on the point. Oh yeah, everything had to follow Anderson. Essentially, what they would do is they'd have Lindholm and Toffoli on the flanks, not Huberto, mind you. Yeah, not on their off wings, not, not the, on the one time position. Not the guy who like set the record for assists by a left winger the year prior, and is one of the best power play uh, distributors in the entire league. No, we're gonna let Toffoli and Lindholm lob bombs in, not even bombs, is, lob is Kirk, softies. Is Kirk Muller? Actually, a secret agent for Edmonton. It's it's honestly the like how only could you even reasonable be, explanation. I don't understand how someone can be that dumb to to have that. Like, where is he getting his his power play structure from? Anyways, it's the only possible explanation I can think of. Really, it makes more sense than anything else. Like, just for just for example, just so I can like illustrate how ridiculous this drop in power play points is for Huberto. Because it's hard to look at totals because of the, of the COVID years, but his his career high in total power play points twenty twenty one he had thirty eight, twenty of those being primary assists. You want to know how many primary assists he had on the power play this year? Six. Six. This guy who was playing at the level of McDavid and Drysaddle on the power play had six primary power play assists last year per sixty minutes on the power play. His career, his career high was obviously the 21-22 season, but followed very closely by the 18-19 season, where he was per 60 minutes averaging over seven points per 60 minutes on the power play. Last season, 3.7. Just ridiculous incompetence on the part of the Flames well, coaching staff to pull that yes. shit off. See, I don't I don't blame any of his point production on him. That was all the fucking coaching. Just ridiculous. That, that was the worst deployment of a power play of all time, ever in any sport across the board. 
Hands down. <laughs> it made the Glenn Gallatin like chase on Brower play look brilliant. Oh my god. At least you knew what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, that's that's a good point to bring that up. I know we talked about it at the season end of one of the biggest issues, biggest frustrations, but that's probably the main reason why Huberto his game dried up to uh, easily drier than a witch's cunt, or is that the can you say that? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Is it a witch? I think it's a nun. A nun. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's cold colder than a witch's cunt. You were thinking witch you were thinking witch's tit, I think. Oh, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> but yeah. And I mean, oh man, I like I I can't I can't even talk about it anymore. Yeah, but, I, we I can't. But I, I do how refreshing is that? Oh wow, the power play actually looks good. What a fucking concept. Wow, we actually look good when we have one more guy on the ice than the other team. What a fucking concept. So I don't know. If you want to if if they can still be a sound defensive team, yeah, and Markstrom is half decent and they play with pace, because my God, was that a fucking annoyance too, man? That was hard to watch. Just mm-hmm. slog it, just a slog every night. Slug going up the ice. So if they're if if that's well, one of the yeah. messages being pushed with creative in the ozone, a PP actually does something. Um, then yeah, I would if that okay if 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 they can be effective in those areas of the game, then yes, I think they make the playoffs. And I think it's a there's some teams in the West like, are you tell? I don't think the Flames are worse than Minnesota, Winnipeg. Or Seattle, I think the Flames are probably better. They're probably I don't know about Seattle. They were surprised last year, but I think the Flames are at least better than two of those three teams. Well, it's good. I hope so. They're definitely better than Winnipeg, and I think definitely better than than Minnesota. So, you you are better than one of those teams. You probably and the playoffs are so hard to predict. Like there's always weird surprises, and it's like, oh wow, Arizona's great. Like you know. Like yeah. last year, nobody expected Seattle to be so good. No. Vegas bounced back and made the playoffs and win the cup. You never really know. But I yeah. think I think you can say the Flames – I think you can – I think they'll make the playoffs. I don't see – unless Markstrom is – unless the goaltending shits the bed again, you're probably going to make the playoffs even if Huberto doesn't have an insane season. Well, let's uh, – that's the other player I wanted to ask you about. And here's the thing, like – how is Huberto not better? Can you? How can you not get better than he absolute can't garbage? Get worse. He can't get any worse. Exactly. Same with if Markstrom. The, the power play. You can't get worse than that. Yeah, you can only go up, Markstrom. So let's talk about Markstrom. What do you think? And I mean, yeah, sure, small sample size, but he gets a shutout in his, in a, you know, the, the season debut, season preseason debut. But does he look refreshed? Does he look different? Um. I don't understand him last season. I don't understand. I, I it. don't either. I do. Other, other than you know, throw in the category of goalies or voodoo because that's the only constant it seems. Yeah. But like, if he can't get worse, worse, which he can't, what type of like this guy's fucking nominated for the Vesda the season before? He was outstanding. Remember him in the Dallas series? He was just as good as Ottinger. Yeah, he was great. And then Edmonton and destroyed, destroyed his confidence. For a year and a half, wow, the power of that, eh? But 
do you see this guy rebounding? And if so, to what extent? Obviously, he's going to be better because he sucked. Well, I think I think Vladar is also lumped into this too because he was shit last year too. And yep. I mean, he he played really well against in Seattle in the preseason. So yeah, played amazing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Goaltending is such an odd, like you're saying, so voodoo. You look at how because I keep I keep coming back. We talked to Kevin Willie, goalie analyst, when the Flames first signed Markstrom, and he was concerned with Markstrom playing under Sutter because he said Markstrom was kind of a guy similar to like Pecorine in Nashville who liked to see a lot of pucks and liked to feel the puck during the game. And Kevin was concerned that going to a system under Daryl Sutter where the, the emphasis is on keeping shots down and minimizing shot volume, that he might kind of struggle with that. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. And hey, if you apply that theory to last year, that makes a lot of sense. But what about the previous year where he was awesome? Yep. It's weird. How do you go from being so good to being so bad? And I think also in my mind is the is the first year they signed Markstrom where he was really bad in the bubble. He was terrible that year. He's had one really he's had one season in Calgary where he's been good and he was exceptional. And the other two have been pretty bad. So Man, it's really hard to figure out what it's going to look like, you know. Yep. Now, um, how many more years does he have on his contract? I think he's got three left. Oh, geez. Yeah. Because I'm sitting here and I'm like, well, I mean, if it's shorter, then I don't know. I just feel like he's he's not going to have the same leash. I mean, both Sutter and Peters were hell bent on playing them fucking 69 games in the season yeah until and that that probably we can break trace probably yeah, for his sure. drop off in well, that he was he probably played way yeah, too much that's in the a season good point. He was exceptional right well and yeah in the bubble I mean, season he got hurt remember he got bowled over and got a concussion well, and, and they played was, him for like 10 more games straight after that and he was playing well up until that point yeah that kind of threw his season so i don't know i don't see huska i just Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see Huska overplaying Markstrom. And when you have a perfectly good backup, not that we did last year, but you know, in the even in the years when they were overplaying Markstrom, like, okay, yeah, you're right. Cause I remember us being like, wow, back to back games against a weaker opponent and you're still playing them. Like, what are you doing? And it was, it was that's when he got injured. It was against Vancouver, right? It was uh, was it Pearson's or something like that? Yeah, it just nailed him. So I don't know. I don't really. I don't know why I say this. I mean, maybe it's a gut feeling, but I don't see Huska overplaying Markstrom. And I think as a organization, from a management perspective, they're probably have a Markstrom will have a bit of a short leash, I'd imagine. Yeah. And I don't know. I can't see Vladar being shit again. And maybe Wolf comes into the conversation too. But maybe the goaltending as a whole. You know, a duo and a trio potentially. What kind of what do you predict we'll see this season? Well, I think the wolf the, uh, the wolf factor probably does not only give Markstrom less of a leash, but it, it feels like across if you take all three of those guys, <laughs> some combination of those three guys has to be better than what we saw last year. You demand how could it not be? Like has to be. So I think obviously Wolf will start the year in the AHL. Um, I think we'll probably see it shake down. 
again, I think it depends how Markstrom plays. You, it's probably closer to 60-40 split. It's probably closer to like 60-40, and then Wolf gets a game here and there. Yeah, 50-30-10. Like maybe, maybe Wolf oh, ends up with... Be... My math's off 50, <laughs> 60, 55, 60, 35. 60, yeah, 60, 30, 10. That works. Um, regardless, you got to get Wolf some NHL games. Yeah, man. exactly. You have to get in some NHL games. And well, you and like, to, you were, have, like you were making this point last season, a lot of teams totally are using a new paradigm now where you actually mix in goalies. a third goaltender, even if they're both healthy. Carolina played how many goalies last year? They played at or least if, four. Or if Markstrom goes down for two weeks, you don't fucking ride the shit of Lennart. Get Wolf. Let him see some fucking game action. Pittsburgh like has this, like this, three goalies, NHL goalies on their roster. The paradigm has shifted for sure. So let's be part of that paradigm for once, please. Can we be part of the trending paradigms instead of fucking... Instead of the, the dinosaurs? Yes. We're still playing our number one netminer 78 games. <laughs> Poor Kiprasov, like, can't even move anymore because they freaking destroyed his whole yeah, body. He, he's still laying in bed after that playoff, after the 4 series. He's still in bed, folks. <laughs> Hasn't gone out yet. <laughs> Just bring me my next pack of smokes. Bring me some beer and smokes, eh? Take off, <laughs> take off. But you know this wolf thing. Um, yeah, you can't wait. You can't wait around. Yeah, he made it. He looked incredible in the shootout. Yeah, I guess he didn't play that great in the game they lost, but does the scorpion save to win the game? That was sweet. What do you, did you think of the celly? I mean, that kind of oh, came out of left field. That was great. Love you it. want to talk about youth? You want to talk about energy? Little, little David Riddick action. Dude, I almost forgot about Riddick for a second. <laughs> Amazing. Why I should change. Hey, why I should change. Best line of all time. Oh, it's a great line. Well, maybe because he really sucked ever since he did that. <laughs> right? I just I still love you as much as I ever did. Totally but... worth it. I don't even care. Like that was worth it. <laughs> exactly. That was yeah, awesome. Was. Hundred percent, but yeah, I think um, I think the three goalie rotation definitely needs to needs to happen. Everybody, everyone's to. doing it, and you know teams have been doing it for a lot longer than this year. Um, so not well, only you, not only is it a strategic uh, advantage, but when you have a guy like Wolf, it's a huge advantage. Yeah, yeah. Don't fuck around, please. Exactly. Let's, let's see this guy, and. Nobody's gonna give a shit, man. Like, th- like, throw them in there for the weaker opponents. Yeah. You're playing with freaking house money right now. Maybe that'll fucking give the guys a jolt in the arm instead of a fucking the opposite. Can't beat Chicago. Can't beat fucking Columbus. Can't beat Montreal. Can't beat who else sucks? Arizona, San Jose, Arizona. Can't beat San Jose. Can't beat Anaheim. Maybe maybe they'll play a little harder if the third stringer's in there. I, we got to see Wolf. Like I, I, at least five games. Yeah, I would say I, I would say at to, least five to ten games at yeah, the very at the five minute. five to ten. Let's go work this guy in. You still have Vladar for two more. Did you see this thing about Vladar and Tampa or something like that? Like, well, Vasilevsky had back surgery all of a sudden out of nowhere, so Tampa's kind of scrambling. I guess. I think if you do see Wolf, and I think that's another reason why you maybe want to see him, is to know if he's 
if he can handle being a backup because you're going to have to deal with this at some point, even though the three goalie system works. Wolf is good enough that if not this year, next year, he's going to be one or two. So you're going to have to deal with this three-headed goalie thing eventually. So, Well, like you said, you have to do it anyways, but you have even more of a reason. You have a yeah. fucking stud back there. Exactly. That you don't want to waste. Look, Connor McDavid, you better play one more season in the AHL. <laughs> like, let's not pull Matt. Yeah. Like, let's hope we learn something from Matt Phillips. Like anyway. Dustin Wolf, how old is he? Twenty two. Well, and, and it's not like, even get him, insane. get him in there, dude. He's, he has like he holds every record in every fucking goaltending category in every fucking league. Yeah, and he needs to now. be playing against NHL shooters. Like, what is he gonna do? Freaking play blindfolded yeah. in the AHL all year? Yeah, it's called progression. He needs to keep progressing. Yeah, you, and like, yeah, you can stagnate your development if you don't. Exactly. All right. Um, any closing thoughts before I ask you the closing question? Um, I guess sh- the Shillington thing is weird too. With the, like, frick, that came out of left field. Holy shit! Yeah, um, that sucks. That really sucks. I hope he f- is here for all the reasons, but hockey reasons especially, because it kind of leaves uh, kind of leaves a big hole on the blue line. Did they say he's out and just indefinitely for the whole season? Shit, man, he was in all the promos. They were doing like B roll promo footage, and there he was. And then they did uh, physical testing and. The statement, the Flames' original statement sounded worse than what they amended it to. At first, it was like it sounded it sounded indefinitely, and then they updated it to he wouldn't be participating in training camp today. Was the wording? So it sounded like oh well, maybe it's just today, and then it ended up not just being one day. So pretty weird. All right, uh, that it. I got a closing question for you. I think so. All right, man. Um, excitement level. We were not excited in the last podcast before any of this stuff. Now it's kind of hard not to be out of 10. 10 being the highest. What's your excitement level? Currently? Yeah, I'm in like a seven-ish range probably. That's fair to say. Yeah, I yeah. would say I'm reading it right in there too. Pushing on eight. Yeah. If you get a nice uh, another 10 nothing preseason game, it'll, it'll help. But um. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. We got Edmonton next, so that might uh, that might uh, the meter might drop down after we get shit yeah. kicked by those those fuckers. Yeah, that's always oh man. Thinking about that outdoor game, we got to beat them. We have to beat them on that because all that is is a big showcase for the NHL to like. Oh, McDavid outdoor Edmonton, me be so fun to embarrass them. We really, we really need. We really can we have something, please? How amazing would it be if he was injured for that game? That'd be great. And then, and then we beat him <laughs> six, nothing. It'd be still fun to beat him with him, but I don't, we will. So. Yeah. Maybe that's the game. He gets injured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's like a, oh, I, it, say, I, I should, I shouldn't say that. I was thinking when Sid actually got really hurt at the outdoor game that year. Yeah, like, that's true. Fucked for, how do I, I don't want that to happen, but Hey, maybe if he can just like hit a rut and sprain his ankle, be out for a little bit. That'd be nice. That would be nice. I want it to happen. Sweden, Michael Backlund. Back Backlund, right Backlund, 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 
scores! Move, Michael Backlund right in, scores! What a goal by Michael Backlund, and he ties the game at two. Michael Backlund shooting, Michael Backlund scores! What an individual effort by Backlund. And the King Clancy Award goes to Michael Backlund. He surveys, shoots the basket. Backlund tips it in. With this, I'd like to congratulate Bax on being announced the 21st captain of the Calgary Flames.